This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. How are you doing today? It is Monday, and you know what that means. We start with the legend, Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. How are you on this July 5th of 2021? <laughs> Man, can you believe the year's half over? Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's, it it's fast. more than half over. Yeah, yeah it's now it's more than half over. You're absolutely right. So, hey, one of the things that you and I have talked about for a while, it really started, I think, uh, I think you've brought it up several times, but we went hard, uh, I think it was three or four weeks ago when Jamie Dimon said he had $500 billion in cash, right? Uh, and we talked about why he's doing that. Now we're starting to get questions from folks that follow you is like, I love Greg, but I need to know, where does he park his cash? Because mm. people, are, people are like, all right, he's, he's been doing this a while. Uh, I love the fact that you always talk about it's better to get out at the top than get in at the bottom. There's so many things, words of wisdom you've given us. But where do you park your cash? Do you just divide it up at bank accounts? Or what, what does Greg do with this cash that you're stacking? You know, it just it just depends. So the answer to that question depends on how much you're parking, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's a difference between parking four or 500 million and, you know, yeah. parking, you know, 20, 30 million or a million or two or a few hundred thousand or whatever, you know, so different. All right, so, let, so, so let's, so let's break this down. Let's assume, let's assume first person is 250 grand, right? They have 250 grand that they've tacked, uh, put away. That is their investment money. So we'll think they have the emergency fund and all that stuff somewhere else. So somebody's accumulated 250 grand in cash. That's person A. Mm-hmm. What, so, yeah. you know, it depends on how liquid it needs to be, how, how quickly you need access to it. So, you know, I always keep a certain amount in a money market so that you have quick access to it. You don't have to worry about it. You know, generally it earns, you know, a little bit of interest as interest rates go up and, you know, the Fed wakes up and yeah. uh, stops the, non, <laughs> stops the, you know, the insanity. Yeah. Uh, you can earn a little bit of yield on that. You can put it into a, you know, a CD if you want to lock it up longer term. Um, so that's another another avenue for it. Um, you know, some people will will put it just into a regular you know savings account. So yeah. a lot of different things. So with companies and businesses, I always kept a um, uh, interest bearing savings account to move mm-hmm. money back and forth. You know, just for the operating yep. budget, and you know, kept a year's worth of cash flow in there. You know, pretty much at all times. You know, yeah. uh, from a personal standpoint, you know, I keep I keep some readily available to deploy if an opportunity comes up, so that it doesn't cost any. Yeah. thing to move it. And then, you know, I don't really talk about where, you know, I store, you know, cash and other things, because I don't want to influence anybody or encourage yeah. anybody to do anything or not doing any, anything. Me too. There's, I mean, you could put them into ETFs, you could put them into treasuries, you could put them into bonds, you could put it into cryptos, you could put it into stocks. Yeah. So there's so many places you can store cash that's liquid, um, but have different levels in, of risk and things like that. So, you know, for yeah, me, certain, just your general accessible cash, the best places are savings account, money markets, so you've got access to them quickly. Yeah. You know, as those balances increase, you can put them in more longer term things. You can borrow against them to deploy in and out if you need to. So there's more sophisticated vehicles. And I've used those where I've had the money invested in other things and I just had a line of credit at the bank. So if I wanted to tap that cash, I could. 
um, you know, but you got to know what you're doing. You yeah. Know, for that kind of yeah, for me, the answer is very similar, right? What, what I've done with just a subtle twist is I would tell people, what, what's an average deal in, in your market, right? Uh, in my market, let's just say I can pick up sometimes a wholesale house that needs to close in 10 days or less for about 150 to 180 grand. So I want to make sure that I always have, to your point, 250 cash in a money market or a, a high yield savings account, right? That's, that's the first place. I don't try to outthink it, right? If you start to outthink, so again, for me, if, 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 if a, a quickly accessible deal is 150 grand and I've locked up a bunch of money that's expensive or slow to get to. It doesn't help me. So I always have that. And again, this is outside emergency fund outside, you know, look, you know, for, for owning some properties, it's investment capital. I don't, I don't overthink it. I just don't. I, it's like, even if I get zero, it doesn't matter to me because that is, you know, that's a bullet in the chamber that I want to deploy and I'll deploy mm -hmm. it as fast as possible. So very similar. Um, so, um, you know, there's, there's also, you know, ETFs and mutual funds, there's almost the same kind of thing, you know, they're mm -hmm. a basket of, of, mm -hmm. you know, assets that the price is pegged to. Yeah. So those can be interesting. Now, here's the new thing. And this is something for people to study, because it can be very risky, mm -hmm. is, you know, there's a whole move to, you know, what's called DeFi, decentralized finance, and there's companies out there like SoFi, that's one mm -hmm. of the most popular, okay. that people know, it's called social finance, SoFi. Mm -hmm. And that's where anybody can go, you know, get a loan, they can, you know, it's for the unbanked, they can put money oh. in there and kind of use it, move it around the world, things like that. Well, you can deposit on there, um, you know, either cash or cryptocurrencies and earn high rates of interest because hmm. then they turn around and loan it out. So there's other areas that you can put cash into now that's becoming more and more popular. It's mostly through the cryptocurrency market, but it's called decentralized finance, DeFi. Um, and it's called staking where you can stake different companies and applications and things like that and earn high rates of interest, but you gotta be very careful because a lot of those are scams, kind of like the whole Mark Cuban thing, if you yeah. heard that, where he got yeah. scammed. Yeah. You know, he was, he was you know, staking in, a, in one of those companies. So um, you have to make sure that you've got like Coinbase. Coinbase is a publicly held company now. You can stake on Coinbase and earn interest on your money. Hmm. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of different ways now that you can, you can earn cash on, uh, earn yield on cash that you weren't able to do, but you got to lock it up. It's kind of like yeah. a CD. You got to lock it up for six months, you know, one year, 18 months. The longer you lock it up, the more money you can earn. I mean, some of these things are paying eight, 10, 15%. Wow. Yeah. I've not looked at any of those. Um, not in my wheelhouse for sure, but that's, that's interesting. I looked that up. SoFi. I wrote that down. And yeah, SoFi is one that's a social finance company. They're mm -hmm. a, a basically, you know, almost like a bank, but it's decentralized um, to a degree. Uh, then you have Coinbase. Coinbase mm -hmm. is a cryptocurrency exchange. They're a publicly, you know, publicly traded company, the first one, mm. and um, they offer, um, you know, depository staking where you can put cash on their platform. You can buy tokens, you know, uh, like a USDC, you know, mm. that's pegged to the US dollar, and you can stake it there and get interest. So wow. that's becoming more and more popular, more and more mainstream, and you're going to see a lot more of those come up. But you got to be real careful and make sure, you know, that, that you know what you're dealing with, and it's something that's been around for a while and you know, um, FDIC insured, you know, <laughs> platforms like Coinbase, you know, makes a big difference. Okay, very cool. So now let's just do one more person, because uh, most of us don't play in the 10s and 20s and 30 million world. Let's assume for whatever reason, maybe you sold a house, or you've been you're 60 years old, and you've been saving forever. Let's assume you're sitting on a million dollars, right? The first one was 250. This one's a million. And let's also kind of do the same thing, right? Your average deal is 150k. So you have, you know, I don't know what that would be 4x, uh, four, four and a half x, 
of you know more cash than a single deal would be. Do do yeah. you kind of divide that up? Do you still keep two fifty kind of set aside? It's like quick capital, and then do you look at the others, or you just create four bank accounts, or what? What do you kind of what do you kind of do there? No, I mean I don't worry about that. I don't worry about that in terms of bank accounts for you know limits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to try to keep it under two fifty, but some people do. Yeah, uh, but some yeah, people you have do. a million or two laying around. Same rules would apply. It really changes when you get into the you know five ten million range and up, where you're okay. going to change the bank that you put your money in because some banks have bigger limits. Hmm. You know, that's where you have your investment banks like you know J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Even Bank of America, you know, Wells Fargo, they all have their, um, you know, higher level investment banking services that they offer. So they'll put you into some different things that earn a little bit more yield that are a little safer. Okay. Um, nothing is guaranteed, but, sure. you know, they're, they're insured products, things like that. You have annuity um, products that you can get into. You have higher yielding, you know, longer term, you have shorter term. So, you know, there's some general services there that you can get into. So if you don't really know, and you've got a sum of money, the best thing to do is start talking to the, you know, the wealth department of some of those banks and they can kind of help you understand yeah. different options that are out there so that you, you know, can educate yourself and you're not making these moves on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And again, folks, if you don't know, there is, uh, I think it's 250 grand today is the, the FDIC limit. That's what I was referring to in dividing up your money. There are people that go, I'm not going to keep $1 more than 250 grand at any financial institution. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that was a big thing when this whole thing started 14 months ago. I don't know what's going on. The world's going to come to, and I knew there were people that have started <laughs> opening up multiple bank accounts. It's like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. It's probably not much of a concern now that we're coming out of it, but yeah, it does. It does rear its ugly head at different times. So again, for me, when I think about this, whether it's 250 or a million bucks, my job is, um, to find and, and get deals. Uh, you know, I, I I suppose there's a time I do need to look at it, right? Because interest rates are very partly today, partly or really low today. Um, but yeah, my, my, my capital is theirs to deploy. And there's a couple of things that I would do if I had a million bucks cash just sitting around. One is I would peel off some that my investment capital that, you know, the bullet in the chamber analogy. But the other one is I would look for other ways to use it in my business. For example, one thing I did uh, is I did my first hard money loan, right? There was somebody that was doing a wholesale deal that actually had stock money to buy it, but because of the time period, they couldn't liquidate soon enough. Uh, so I came in for 45 days, 12% interest, two, two points. That was cool. Uh, first position was paid off you know, 50 days later. So that was cool. I did that. Um, so that was something I looked at to get a little higher yield, but it had to be really secure, right? I think, is it Warren Buffett that says the first rule is not to lose principal? And the second rule is don't forget rule number one. Um, so I'm yeah, don't lose money now. So so that's the other side of the coin. So everything we talked about at first was highly liquid. Mm-hmm. So highly liquid places to store your cash and stack. Now, if you want to talk about less liquid, like what you're talking about there, where you can do transactional funding that's shorter term, could be one day to three days to 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do private lending um, where you go in and lend money to, you know, investors, real mm-hmm. estate investors. Like a bank on the property and get eight to ten to twelve percent, depending on who it is, what it is, where it is. So you could create your own little private lending program. A lot mm-hmm. of you know, high net worth individuals do that. I have a lot of clients that do that, um, that I help them with that. And um, you know, so that's that's another way to do it. Another way is store it in real estate itself, and then have mm-hmm. lines of credit ready so that you can do that. Um, depending on your business, when you say business, I've never been one to recommend. Pour, pouring cash into your business, unless you're going to exponentially grow your net profits, 
you know, in relation to where it could be deployed elsewhere into like a private lending program or, you know, some other, some other asset. Uh, but again, none of those are, you know, immediately liquid, you know, you have to have uh, credit facilities available and set up so that you can tap that equity if you need to. Yeah, totally cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun, folks. Again, thinking about where you do with the cash. Again, for me, it's about being ready to pounce. That's who I am as a real estate investor. Uh, it's not about getting that extra percent uh, interest, at least not currently. Maybe I'll change my mind when I slow down, but uh, that's what it is for me. Greg, how can people follow you, get part of your world? Because you're doing some amazing things. Yeah, gregdickerson.com, my website, all my social links, YouTube channel, everything is on there, gregdickerson.com. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time.